New Trump scandal shows the depths of his assault on the American Democratic Foundation. Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, and Selma Hayek star in a movie worse than The Green Lantern. And Anheuser-Busch is giving away free beer to those who get vaccinated. I'm not Blue Shark 45. All that and more coming up. Actually, that went pretty good. Podcast in three, two. Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. I don't know why I'm talking in this voice. I just throw in my customer service voice real quick, and, uh, well, there you have it. So we're being joined tonight by uh, a good old staple of the show. I'm actually going to start naming the show after him, Damoc. How you feeling, man? Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. I don't know why I'm talking in this voice. I just throw in my customer service voice real quick, and, uh, well, there you have it. So we're being joined tonight by uh, a good old staple of the show. I'm actually going to start naming the show after him. Damoc, how you feeling, man? Not too bad, Cecil. Honestly, it's it's pretty straightforward, man. How's everything over at your place? You know? I would be lying if I said it wasn't fantastic. It's uh, pretty calm and quiet over here. Uh, Cool 78 degrees outside. Nice cruising altitude. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I really don't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you were just talking craziness a second ago, and then all of a sudden you were like, yes, how can I help you? Okay, not a problem, sir. Let's go ahead and get this done. Sure, no, I understand. I can go ahead and take that care of that for you. Not a problem, sir. Yes. No, no. I understand. These technicians, these other guys, no. You don't ask for them. You ask for me every time you call. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. And it's my pleasure. (laughs) Oh, man. It's been a hell of a week. Holy crap. I even had a day off this week, and it still was a hell of a week. Yeah, it's definitely been a fun week. Well, let's get on to the most important thing. And of course, for me, because it's not cheat day, the lamest thing. What is everybody drinking? And by everybody, Amok, what are you drinking? Because all I'm drinking is lemonade. And it's not even good lemonade. It's crystal light lemonade. I think I have to just quit the show now, dude. I hate (laughs) crystal light with a fiery passion. Like, it Um. just... It's so awful. But me, I am drinking... Well, let's see. I've been drinking since I got off work, and it's several hours past that. But mostly I've been sticking to uh, Dogfish Head The Truth. That's not Dogfish Head. No. Flying Dog? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I've been drinking The Truth since, uh, since work ended at 3. It's, what, almost 8 now? So, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I haven't been drinking anything at all. I've literally been drinking lemonade and water because I, for some weird reason, think I still need to be limiting my calorie intake. Who knows why? But still doing it. Um, however, I did learn a very, very important fact 
very recently. Um, if you attempt to do a handstand and you twist your wrist, do not attempt to do push-ups on that wrist until you're fully healed. Or you could learn a hard lesson like Moon did and be like, oh yeah, you know, I broke my hand a couple months ago and I have like a bolt in my pinky and everything. Let me punch a punching bag and see if it's all healed up. Oh no, I broke the rest of my hand. Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, the worst part is that I'm actually in a brace currently because I can't, I literally, if I move my wrist at all in any direction, the uh, pain is pretty damn bad. Uh, last Why night, the fuck? Why? <laughs> so I was trying to do a handstand because my my lovely wife uh, had me convinced that I could go do one. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll help you. I'll you know I'll grab your legs. I'll make sure you don't you know you don't go all the way over." I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I've never actually had somebody offer to do that. So let me get this a shot. See what happens." And uh, I I went up the first time and. I didn't, you know, I, I barely got 45 degree angle. And she's like, yeah, you got to give a little bit more kick off of that. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And uh, I gave another kick and I got my legs like 99% of the way up. And uh, as I did, you know how like, you know, your hand bends backwards. Well, well, when you go to stand up, your hand bends backwards. Well, I locked my elbows thinking I need to keep my arms completely straight. Well, the weight of me kept, kept me going up and it rolled right on top of that wrist. And just like rolling your ankle, I just... Rolled right on that wrist and, you know, that arm, of course, as soon as that pain shot through, that arm buckled and I went collapsed to the ground and I just sat there for a second. I said, I think I'm going to lay off on this for a little while. Um, but then the best part, here's the, here's, here's the best part of that story. And I hope somebody gets a laugh out of this other than me because I've laughed, laughed hysterically at it. Um, I did that over the weekend. It was about a week later. I go to do my workout, you know, my normal workout. And I get, uh, I get my, I do minor lifting, nothing, nothing crazy, just, just really minor lifting stuff. Uh, and I asked at the end of it, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to finish off with some pushups, you know, just do, do X number sets of pushups, figuring that I would just go like 15 pushups, three sets, something like that, or 20 pushups, three sets, something, something easy, something quick. Um, so I asked my daughter, I said, Hey kid, give me a random number. So she gives me 43. <sighs> like, all right. So I knock out 43 push-ups. I'm feeling pretty good with myself. I've never actually been able to do more than about 35-ish, maybe 40 push-ups in a whole workout. So then I got knocked out 43. I'm feeling pretty good at myself. You know, I'm, I'm not ex-military. I've never really done push-ups all that much except for gym class. And then it was like, hey, do 10 push-ups and we're done. So... That Saturday rolls around and I'm doing another another workout and I looked at my wife because uh, we were starting a workout and we have these workouts where you can do like one set of them, two or three sets, you know, depending on how intense you want your workout to be. So I look at her and I'm like, times three. And she's like, no, we're not doing times three. And I said, wait for it. I look over at the kid and I said, hey kid, how many, how many push or uh, give me a random number. So uh, last time she saw me do 43, she's like, oh, I'm going to give you a, a lesser number this time. I'm like, you know, next time. I said, okay. I said, hey, give me a, give me a number. 32. So there I am knocking out 96 push-ups, and I didn't do them all at once. So, I mean, I wish I could say I did. I, I did not, but I did 96, 
But then when I got to the end of the 90, like as I'm getting there and I had like six left, I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I did the six and then I just went, all right, let's keep going. And I literally just kept doing push-ups until literally my arms just failed and I dropped. Well, it was about that time that I realized, huh, over a hundred push-ups on a really, really sprained wrist, not the best of ideas. So there I am with a wrist brace on. And finally, finally, last night, my my arm was feeling good enough. I'm like, yeah, let me take this damn wrist brace off for a little bit. You know, get my, get my arm move a little bit, get some stretching done, you know, get some nothing crazy. And of course, I go and horseplay around with the Destructo bot. And she, use, she goes to like push out of my arm because we were just horsing around. And as she pushes out of my arm, she presses my hand up against the door frame and proceeds to push using the leverage of the door frame to try to push past me. Oh my God. The pain was not the most disturbing part. The cracking sound that came out of my wrist was the most disturbing part. <laughs> I want to find that funny. I really do, but no, dude. Like the kiddo over here. Whenever she wants to roughhouse, I'm like, yeah, and like, oh, my back should not make that noise. <laughs> I'm out. But as far as doing the push-ups, no, I did that fucking stupid game in the military. Uh, mm. I don't. I don't have to do push-ups or burpees or anything voluntary ever, goddamn again, or try and <laughs> run two miles in under fifteen minutes. Now get fucked. I'm not doing that. I do like, and you're talking about, it, and I know you said you're not ex-military and all of that, and that's fine. But to minimally pass my PT test, I had to do thirty-eight push-ups to just minimum. That's just I. No matter what, I have to do thirty-eight in under two minutes. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm never doing that bullshit again. <laughs> I don't have to do it. Uh-uh. Your wrist and your chest and your arms. Nope. Fuck no, dude. Oh, I'm done man. with that garbage. Yeah. Like, if I hadn't done the 43 push-ups on Monday, those hundred some odd push-ups I did would have murdered me. I literally would not have been able to move. But I literally, I got done. I was stretching all the way throughout. I kept stretching afterwards. I woke up the next day, felt like I had rubber bands pu pulled across my chest, just did stretching. Oh, God. Now, I do you so do them the right way or do you do them the stupid way? Uh, are you talking about basically doing a plank with your chin up, go down, come up? So when you're doing them, the way to do them is to put your arms and, and like, put your elbows that are against your body and you're supposed to extend. You're going to do a bigger push-up this way, but as your body starts to get tired, you move out and out and out until you're doing them like really wide arm just to knock out the rest of them. Yeah, that's pretty much how I ended up being. Um, I think I had my hands, I started off with my hands roughly shoulder length apart, you know, about, about shoulders apart. And like, as I started to progress, I got a lot wider until I was. Oh yeah, I the the last twenty, I twenty to thirty. I'm gonna fully admit weren't really great push-ups, but I did them. I did them. Hey, that's the important they do the part. 
the wide arm push-ups or the officer push-ups. You, you just barely have to dip and you're breaking the plane of your elbows and your spine so it counts as a push-up entirely. But if you start out that way, you're fucked, man. You can't really go in from there. It's just like, <laughs> oh, I can't go out anymore. Nope. Yeah, so I, the smart way to do it is you knock out the first couple of them and the, the best way to do them because they still technically count as push-ups because you're breaking the plane. And you're bouncing your chest off the ground bounce your chest off the ground use the momentum until you just your chest hurts and then you widen out and you widen out and you widen out just to knock out the rest of them i will i will have to remember that the next time i ask for a random number from destructobot 3000 um however i already know what i'm doing next time and uh oh man i'm probably gonna get killed but i'm actually taking a break from all exercises except for some uh, lower, you know, some, I'm just doing squats and, and weight assisted squats right now just to keep, you know, cardiovascular and get old, not cardiovascular. That's, that's on my warm ups and stuff, but uh, just to keep a little bit of movement going. So I'm not completely getting stale, but yeah, I'm literally staying. I'm, I am so ginger with my left arm right now. It's, uh, it's not fun, but thinking back, it was, uh, it was just, was just one of those, you know, I, I pride myself on being a fairly intelligent person. And then I do something really stupid like that. And I look in the mirror and I go, are you really that smart? Really? You don't seem to be that smart because you just did something really stupid. Anyways, on, on to the next segment, State of Games. State of Games is where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week or we pontificate on how we feel gaming is just in general today. And uh, say, Damoc, why don't you go ahead? What do you, what do you got? No, I'm going to go ahead and roll this right back over to you because uh, all you said was you were drinking water and lemonade and crystal light lemonade. So it's not even real lemonade. It's fucking just piss from the poorest village in Ethiopia. But yeah, um, I'm going to roll it over to you, man. You will <laughs> see if you can redeem yourself by some games. So I have, uh, okay, except for the game that I started playing tonight for like the 30 minutes before the show because i saw it was free on it was it's free weekend for fallout 76 so a bunch of people have been playing a bunch of people i know had played it and said it was you know it was buggy but it was okay um, i'm a huge fallout fan from the original one that came out in 94 95 the isometric view um i was even following all the way through van buren where i was like really excited so when Be bethesda picked it up and made fallout 3 you know of course i dove right into that like a like a kid in a candy store but i've been i played for about 30 minutes of that um i also was playing and i i'm not even going to try to name it i'm hoping hoping that you're going to be able to enunciate it correctly for me it's a uh, it's a fun little tile game donka monk funky something i I can't. I can't even say it. Door formantic. It's. It, I'm gonna go with that. Door. Door formantic. That. Yeah. It's. It's a fun little tile game. Uh, Damoc actually turned me onto it. He found it when going through something on Steam and just found this cutesy little game, um, which I thought it just. I was like, well, you know, I could go for a nice little chill game, and it's a little puzzler. It's. Uh, you've got. Um, I think they're. Are they pentagons? Sectagons? What, what are they? Uh, hexagons, maybe? Are they hexagons? Are they, yeah, they have eight sides? 
You're gonna make me fire up the game. I think it's eight sides. <laughs> it's all good. So you've got you've got a generic shape that looks kind of like a hexagon. No, six. Um, it's and six you've sides. You've got a different. Uh, basically, you got to connect the edges, and you connect the edges to make um, like forest or towns or roads or rivers or you know whatever. Um, you make whatever those things are, and as you start building out and you build out and you build out, you get like quests that each one of them have to do. And, you know, sometimes it's, you have to have six gold places or you have to have, uh, you know, eight railroads or something like that. And as you do that, you get more tiles that you can drop out. And the more tiles you get, the more points you can get, the more combos you get, the more points you get, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you unlock different biomes and different pieces. And it just sounds, it's a, it's a fun little puzzler that is a really, really chill, relaxed game. Uh, I think it's, I want to say it's made by the same people who made Snowpedia. I don't know. I thought it was, you know, it could be made by the same people. I thought it was I, relatively I, new by New Studio, but I could be I, wrong. I, I got to double check it. Um, maybe it was just one of those where it says like Snowpedia. Maybe that was it. Maybe maybe it just came up on my feed as like this game. So it. Uh... But now I'm firing oh, up shit, Steam. Now I'm Googling. Know. Yeah, right. Yeah. I gotta figure it out. Yeah, uh, let's see. I guess I can't. I guess we're just gonna sit here hanging while we're doing this. Or okay, um, discussion. Door romantic. Door romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Dwarf. Dwarf, dwarf, dwarf romantic. Dwarf romantic. All right. Where's the store page? Store page. Uh, Tucana Studio, and they only have this game. Okay. Yeah, you know what? It may have come up in my feed as like Snowpedia. That's why. Yeah, let's see. It's, yeah, it's Tucana Interactive. Yep, that's the only game that they have. Well, it's a, it's a it's a fun as I said, it's a fun puzzler. Um, they have it marked here as a city builder, but I think this is more of a puzzle game than a city builder. You know. From the videos that I've watched of it, it absolutely is going to transform into the city builder. The tiles won't be as crazy uh, right now, or maybe they still will be. I don't know. I, dude, the game is fun as fuck. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's really just it's it's silly fun. It's just relaxing. It's not. There's not like any competitiveness about. It. I mean, there is because you're you're getting points, and then you start posting them in Discord, and then somebody's talking about not getting 10k, and you're like, as soon as I get out of work, I'm gonna start playing this and break 10k before them, and then they're like, hey, I broke 10k, and I'm like, holy fuck, aren't you supposed to be working? And I'm like, oh yeah, he's government. I forgot. Anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, I am not government, but yeah, it's all good. I, I can take a 30 minute break. Um, yeah, that's what I did. I, I actually just, uh, I had an, I have an hour long break, uh, for lunch from where I work. So I get, uh, I get the opportunity to play a whole bunch of stuff. Um, what that's else have so I been bad. playing? No, it actually works out pretty well. I mean, you still, um, so you have seven and a half hour days, but, and an hour for lunch, but you, you're still there. It's still, you're there for eight and a half hours, if that makes any sense. So it's like, you work for seven and a half hours, 
and you have an hour lunch, but you're still there. Like you can't just bail out at seven and a half hours. You, you know, you got to be there for your shift. Um, what else have I been playing? Yeah. Um, oh, I played some Battlefront 2. Uh, the old school, like 2005 Battlefront 2 with Vintage on his birthday earlier this week. Um, I just finished the new XCOM Enemy Unknown game. I got to do Enemy Within now and see how that goes. I was playing... A, it was. It's an interesting game called Her Story. It's... You okay? So it's basically like you're at a crime investigation lab, and you've got a bunch of interviews that you're watching, and you've got to search keywords, and the keywords will bring up videos of this woman giving interviews. And as you watch the interviews, you have to unravel what happened. You know, what is she the murderer? Or is she not a murderer? Who's the murderer? You basically have to unravel what happens throughout this game, um, but it's all done through. You do word searches and they give you videos that you then watch these little video clips and then discern what happened from there. Uh, it was, it was, when I watched it, when I watched the original trailer, it reminded me of the shape shifting uh, detective. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of cute. Let me try it out. Um, completely different live action video like the shape shifting detective, but not like the shape shifting detective in any way, shape or form there. Uh, and the last so thing I overall, was, yeah. how is it? Um, I have seen that before and I've looked at it and I'm like, ah, but when they start adding live action video stuff, it reminds me too much of the old like SWAT video games <laughs> yeah, way so, back in the 90s. How is it with the live or, or the live action video? So the live action isn't bad. Um, her acting is actually okay. By comparative, you know, by, by especially compared to like those SWAT games, the, the acting is actually good compared to those. There's really no, I mean, the gameplay in it, it's, it's not a traditional, I'm using my mouse and keyboard to do something in the game. You really are just searching different keywords and then watching the videos, discerning different words that she says in the videos to search more videos. So basically, you got it's like a it's like the old miss style in that sense where you had to keep a pad and pen next to you and you jot down. Oh shit, she said this. Like uh, like in the one video, what you of course search the first word you search is automatically put in for you murder. And when you search murder, you get like four videos. And in the videos, she's talking about different things like you know why do you, you know why am I here all this stuff. Then she'll start saying keywords, and you got to jot down those keywords. And when you search those keywords, you get more videos. The problem is, is that the number of videos you get are limited. So if you use a keyword that has 17 videos, they only give you like four or five videos out of that that you can watch. And they're the first videos, however it organizes them. Um, but you watch these little clips and usually they're anywhere from like five seconds to 30 seconds long. And you watch these little clips to try to get more information about what happens. It's, it's interesting. It's uh if you like kind of, it's a puzzle game in, in the sense, but if you like those kind of whodunit or figuring out games, like, okay, what actually happened here? It's a, it's an interesting little game in that sense. Um, I would put it probably worth about the five to $10 range. If it's, I don't even know how much it's actually costs on steam. Um, I got it so long ago, but if it's more than like that five, $10 range, I wouldn't bother picking it up. Uh, if steam has one of its like deep cut sales and it's like one ninety nine, definitely go pick it up. It's, it's a good little time killer, 
but it's not, you know, it's not an action, it's not adventure, it's really more of a puzzle-solving game. Okay, it's listed on Steam for nine ninety nine right now. Yeah, and, and that'd be about where I'd put it. As I said, like the five to ten dollar range. Uh, the last game I played, which I actually played a bunch this week, which is surprising since I haven't been playing all that much lately, uh, it was a game called A Way Out. I also played that with Vintage. I played it last night for about an hour. It's an interesting game. It uh, it strongly reminds me of like those interaction fiction games that I talk about that I always like. Uh, Until Dawn, Man of Medan, um, and those are the only two I can there think of There is no right game. Now. There is no... Well, yeah, but that was more of a puzzle game. This is more of a kind yeah. of interactive yeah. story game. Uh, you start off, you're, you're basically you're in jail. Uh, one of you plays one guy, one of you got, one of you plays another guy. One of the guys just gets there. Uh, and basically it's the whole, the whole scene unfolding of how this dude's trying to break out. And it's, it seems to be playing out in flashbacks because you're on a plane and you're both talking and you keep talking about things that happened. And then you play through a scene that, uh, I'm assuming connects to it. It's a, it's an interesting game, co-op, uh, interesting perspective too, because you actually see both people's screens on the screen simultaneously. So on the right-hand side, you have your screen, and on the left-hand side, you have their screen. And so when they're moving around and talking, you hear what they're talking about. So it's like, oh God, there was, a, there was an old show about two convicts breaking out, and it had a similar cinematic style, and I can't remember the name of the show. But if you, who, oh hell, if you're listening and you remember the name of the show and I don't remember it by the end of this episode, write in and tell me it because I don't remember what the hell it is. But there we go. Hopefully that redeemed myself a little bit from drinking this crystal light. What are you playing? Yeah. What is your state of games? Uh, well, we've already mentioned it before. I've played the Dorf Romantic. Dorf Romantic? Dorf Romantic? I started playing that after Steam randomly suggested it to me, and I was like, ah, wait a minute, it's a slow-paced, kind of go-at-your-own-time building game with tiles? Oh, yeah. Been loving the shit out of that, dude. I finally, my high score is 11,580. And I'm so fucking happy because, yeah, I don't think I'll ever beat that. <laughs> I, I, I totally I, do. 8,200, I think, is my top right now. And, you know, and I did a bunch of the rewards because I've played more than five games getting over 5,000. Um, so I, I keep trying to go for those little reward things in the, the top right-hand side. Um, but yeah, I finally broke the, the 10,000 mark and got the reward for that. Now I need to do a game where I place 5,000 tiles total. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> Oof, <laughs> I'm going to do you that. Have, you have to do that in one game or is it 5,000 total throughout the different games? I don't know. I have to actually read the little fine text. I, th- I, I think it's 5,000 like, total. I don't think it's 5,000 in a single game. Because I, I had the same, because I, I have mine that's been building up. It was like 100, then 500, then 1,000. And now I'm at, f- I think I'm still at 1,000. I haven't done, I haven't completed 1,000 yet. Yeah, I think the first marker is at like you place 2,000 tiles and the next one's like 5,000 tiles. I'm like, oh shit, man. But as long as it's cumulative over the games, then it won't be so bad. 
Yeah. Um, aside from that, like it, it's a great game. It's eight bucks. It's seven ninety nine right now on Steam. It is still early access, you know, across the board. But from what I've seen already, I'm, I'm super fucking excited, man. I'm so happy that I took her chance on it and bought it. But aside from that, I've been playing Resident Evil Village. I don't know how I feel about that game. (laughs) I'm not a horror game fan. Everybody kind of knows this. Um, The last Resident Evil game that I played from start to finish was Resident Evil 4. And I loved it on the GameCube. I absolutely loved it. Played it so much that I went for 100% completion so that I can go mm. to that little store and I can get all the accessories for my weapons. I had fucking the Tommy gun unlocked, the RPG. I had everything. I loved that game. I never really played a Resident Evil after that. I did play on the original Sega Saturn. I played the original Resident Evil, but supposedly it was different from the PlayStation version. And uh, Did you play whatever, the original so. Resident Evil or Code Veronica? Because no, the, the original. Because I don't. Re- uh, I, you know what? I'll, I'm I'm going to believe you, but I just remember the one big thing about the Saturn was that Resident Evil Code Veronica came out, and it was it had a very different. It was a very different game from what came out for PlayStation. Um, I think PlayStation Two got Code Veronica, and it was very different from what what uh, what you got on PlayStation Two. Because the original Resident Evil came out for PlayStation. That's why when you said Saturn, I was like. Was it Code Veronica? Because there was a re-release of Resident Evil on the GameCube. Uh, they did Resident Evil Zero, and then they did a Resident Evil remake. Well, now i got to look it up because, no, it came out on PlayStation. The original came out on PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Okay. So I was like, yeah, because I only played the original, and then everybody was telling me there's that shotgun in that... Um, Oh, man, you go into that fucking room with the fireplace and you grab the shotgun off the mantle and when you try and exit, that fucking the ceiling starts to come down and apparently in the PlayStation version, like, Barry or somebody's supposed to jump in and, like, save you, but on the Sega version, he doesn't. Or it could be that I didn't unlock what I needed to unlock at the fucking time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did look it up. In March 22nd, 1996, it came out on PlayStation, Microsoft Windows, Sega Saturn... Um, so, so which, yeah. when did Veronica come out and did that come out on the Saturn? Uh, you're making me look shit up. Resident Evil Code Veronica's PlayStation 2 Dreamcast. Not Sega Saturn. Okay, that was it then. Because I, I remember... God, you know what? I don't remember the Sega... I guess, you know what? I, I wasn't involved enough with the Sega Saturn to have known. But yeah, I remember Resident Evil, and that game was silly fun. And I remember when Resident Evil Director's Cut came out, I was all excited about getting that opening... The opening FMV, you know, with a really, really bad acting. Supposedly, we were going to get the full version of that, but at the last second, they cut it so that you only got the original version that came out with the PlayStation. So the whole game, they changed around, and all they did for the director's cut, and I do an air quote, was uh, they changed around the the placement of things. It, it was like, uh, it was kind of like those ROMs where they, where they just completely move all the stuff around in Zelda, and you just got to go and pick the stuff up in random locations. Um, 
it was like that, only it was Resident Evil. It was really, really disappointing. Um, it wasn't until, it wasn't until the Resident Evil remake came out where all those scratch my head things of like, well, why is, what, what, there should be something here. There's nothing here, but there's just the way the map is designed. It looks like there's supposed to be something here and there never was. But when they did the Resident Evil remake, they had all those things. And I'm like, that's what was supposed to be there. I knew there was supposed to be something there. Like the, uh, Okay, so looking at it, right, the original Resident Evil came out in 1996, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it was only on PlayStation. And then in April of 1997, Resident Evil came out for the Sega Saturn. That's okay. Yeah, so it was a year later, but it did come out. And then you're looking at Veronica. Veronica launched on the Dreamcast in 2000 and then went to playstation Mm -hmm. um after that but it was sega dreamcast that got veronica first yeah but the sega saturn got the original resident evil a year after it had launched on playstation yeah and supposedly veronica was was way different and i say different way better on the dreamcast than it was for the playstation um i only ever played it on playstation so I mean, let's be honest. The Dreamcast was a better system across the board. It was just that Sega fucked up a lot and did not really take advantage of everything they put in that console. It really was such a great machine. And it just, uh, you know, if they had done better with just oh, just across the board with that console, Sega would be the people we're talking about now instead of Sony. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sony had money to throw at the PlayStation, but Sega was the name. That's why I had the Saturn instead of the PlayStation because I was like, Sony's making a fucking entertainment console? Like, nah, I'm going to go with Sega because the Genesis was amazing. The fucking Sega CD was amazing. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to so stay with Sega. I, I went with the PlayStation. I, I said I went with the PlayStation. Um, I, I convinced my brother to get a PlayStation or to ask for it uh, because when I was reading about it, I had read that and at the time, it was rumors that I read. And I was just like, oh, no, this, if this is anywhere near the mark, it's got to be. Because I was a Nintendo guy. I had, uh, we had the original Nintendo and I had a Super Nintendo and I played so many games for the Super Nintendo. Now, I will admit the Genesis had really great games, but I feel that there were more good games on the Super Nintendo than there was for Genesis. That's not to say that every, that, that's not me saying that, oh, it's not, it's just, I had more exposure to the Super Nintendo. So that's where I had a majority of my experience with. But like Fantasy Star. You're comparing Star, two great consoles, the yeah. Genesis and the Super Nintendo, regardless of which route you took, you had a wonderful time. They were two yeah. great consoles at they the really time. They really were. They really were. There were so many great games. Like there were, there were some cast, I think there was a, I think there was at least one. I think it was Bloodlines. I've, or Rondeo of Blood. I, 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 it was one of the Castlevanias that came out for the Genesis that was that was just fantastic. Um, Fantasy Stars, I mean, how, how can you go wrong there? And honestly, I still to this day... Uh, okay, let's see if you remember it. Did you ever play Mortal Kombat for the Genesis? Yes, of course I did. Do you remember the Blood Code? Not off the top of my head, no. I remember <laughs> okay. because I've never owned a Super Nintendo or a Genesis. 
my family was a little bit more poor at the time and I had to go to friends' houses to play. So I never owned a Genesis. All my, uh, like two of my friends owned Genesis and I didn't. I had a Super Nintendo, but I still remember the Mortal Kombat blood code. And it's the wildest thing because it's just, it's like the Konami code. You just, for some reason, I don't forget it. But the Mortal Kombat code is A-B-A-C-A-B-B. And that's, it's just one of those weird things that I always remember. That's right. Yeah, because it had a a C button in there. The Genesis had a C button. I was like, okay, because it has six buttons. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, damn, dude. I remember playing it. I remember punching the code, but we had a notepad with the shit written down so that we could do the fatalities and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Do you remember Time Killers? Yes. Dude. That, yes, I do. That game in my, and not not the PlayStation Time Killers. I'm talking about the Genesis era Time Killers. Um, the, well, the, it was an arcade game and I think it came to Genesis or Sega CD, one of the two. But it was a it was a it was a two D side scroller. But it was, in my opinion, better than Mortal Kombat because you could literally dismember your opponent during the match. Um, yeah, can- we talked about this a couple times, and I remember it, but I don't remember it being as like I think Mortal Kombat was more popular overall way, when I was playing. Way more popular. Mortal Kombat was way more popular because it was. It it was it looked like real people fighting, you know, because of the sprites that they used. It looked much more like real people fighting versus time killers, which they looked like cartoon characters fighting. But there's nothing more more satisfying than to open up and start a match and just like start a special move and just catch it perfectly right as they move and just lob in their head right off in the first couple seconds of the match. You know, I really wish that Mortal Kombat would take from you know time killers because i played the new mortal kombat i've played mortal kombat 10 and mortal kombat 11 um and they have these great wonderful moves but when it goes to that x-ray vision and i see my person literally break all the bones in the opponent's shoulder entirely and puncture his lung on his left side i want to see him not be able to use his left side for the rest of the fight like puts his arm across his stomach and is like okay i can only do so much that would be fucking amazing and that would be reminiscent of time killers to me yeah i I would love to see that kind of uh and that's one of the reasons why i think i've always liked the uh like the mech warrior line because it's one of those when you do enough damage to whatever limb that you're shooting at they can't use that limb you know it's just uh i've always enjoyed that persistent damage type of thing but Resident Evil Village, um, let's say it's definitely, it builds itself on an open world type thing. It is not, it is very much on rails. Um, but that's all been always been the Resident Evil games. That's, yeah. that's not a disappointment to me at all whatsoever. Uh, the environment at first is very like, oh, okay, it's a Resident Evil game slash Silent Hillish. I understand what's going on. The pop-up scares. It's very very predictable at first. Uh, the further I got into it, 
the more I went, wait, what? That's not, how the fuck are they gonna do that? Oh, that bitch is supposed to be walking around this area just randomly stalking me, waiting for me, and I need to fucking juke her to get around shit and do stuff, because I'm sitting here hiding in a room going, wait a minute, man, I gotta backtrack and mentally think about, am I screwing something up? Do I have to fight her? Do I have to fight this? What do I have to do here? No, you're supposed to run around because, uh, uh, they're just gonna stalk you no matter what and there's really really good puzzle solving stuff in there that I was very happy and very excited to see that stumped me for a while that I almost looked up a guide and I was like oh I can't understand how to get past the part and yeah examine your items and when it gives you the option to rotate and truly examine rotate and truly examine yeah but it is a really good game so far the beginning was very slow to get going. Uh, you know, it's a game on 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 tracks, and it, it's a really good, really good game across the board. Once it gets past that first big boss area, it really opens up into some like, oh, now it's really creepy to fucking play. So now I'm kind of on nerve, and I'm, I'm playing the game, and then I got Selkie in the background, and she's playing the game in the living room on the PlayStation, and all I hear is, fuck, and I jump, and I'm like, oh, oh I wasted one of my precious shotgun shells. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and you find out that uh, it's just like, just like every other Resident Evil game, every survival horror game, ammo is a premium. And unless you've got it cranked down to the easiest level, ammo is, even, even on the easiest level, ammo is one of those things of, oh, man, I need more ammo. Yeah, what I do like about this one is they give you blueprints for ammo. So as you're going around, you can pick up all the shit that you need. You you find, you know, plenty of gunpowder, plenty of parts, some mechanical scrap and all that. So you you make your own ammo and which is much much cheaper than buying it from the vendor. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm always I'm a I'm a big fan of the Resident Evils. I got to say 5 and people are going to probably chastise me for this. Four, five, and six really weren't my cup of tea. Uh, I think they just they they went much farther into an action game than they did a survival horror game. One of the things, and and seven and eight, I believe did it better. But one of the things that I really loved about the original games was their their use of static cameras. And for a lot of people, this is the most annoying thing in the world. But I think you can really set a scene with a static camera better than you can, you know, a full 360 view where you're looking over your shoulder or, or, or something. Cause it now, we, but I will say with Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8, they did nail that ability because they've really, they, they've gone from making, making levels. I'll, 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 I'll use that term, making levels to making a world um the atmosphere of everything around you in seven and eight are is just so much more terrifying than pretty much anything in four five or six in my opinion like four four was a little bit more spooky i would say out of four five and six four was definitely the best of those um five and six were really just action games uh and and they really i I think they just started jumping down that line of trying to make 
cooperative multiplayer games. Like they were trying to get in that multiplayer bandwagon and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the games. I played them. I had fun with them, but they didn't feel like a Resident Evil game to me. They felt much more like I was playing an action game. I can see that. I, I didn't play five or six. I did also didn't play two or three or Veronica. I played the original in Sega Saturn and I never got very far in it. It was a good game, but I'm going to tell you right now, when it came out, it scared the fuck out of me. Especially that first scene when you meet the zombie, and it's, it's hunched over, and it's that video clip, and like, uh, and then you have that static fucking camera that you're talking about, and you're swinging wildly, trying to line up your fucking gunfire, backing down the hallway so it doesn't eat you. Yeah, no, yeah. that was that was great. I loved the first game. I never got far enough. Um, I did watch a couple of my friends play it on PlayStation, and they got almost towards the end. Um, but yeah, the only other game I've played of Resident Evil, while I have seen 2 and 3, I have seen 4, 5, and 6, I have played 4 all the way through, and... I don't know how I loved the tank controls, but I think we didn't have any other options at the time. So I dealt with it. Um, yeah, Resident Evil 4 was my favorite personally because it's the only one I've beat all the way through. But yeah, I went back, I purchased it on Steam like a month ago, installed it and tried to play it and went, oh no, it's tank controls. I don't think I can actually play this. So I, I wasted 30 bucks on... A game that I probably won't ever play, sadly, unless there's a mod to open up the controls to make it better. But, yeah. It, it, I liked 4, and I think that it held the creepy suspense across the way. And I, I think when I was watching Resident Evil 7, it reminded me a lot of Resident Evil 4. So I've seen a whole playthrough of Resident Evil 7 because, you know, and then I'm watch, I'm, I'm now playing Village, and it's very, very similar. I think what Resident Evil 4 was in Spain or Italy or something like that, and now Resident Evil Village takes place someplace in Europe and... Yeah, it's very reminiscent. I think 4 really opened up the franchise to that. But again, I didn't play 2 or 3, so I could be talking out my ass, and that's the only thing I know. No, no, I agree. I think 4 actually brought its, uh, brought Resident Evil forward. And I, don't, I think without 4, we would not have Resident Evil Bio 7, Biohazard, or, or Resident Evil Village. Um, because I think 4, I mean, I think 4, 5, and 6 had to happen. It's just... They, they started deviating so hardcore and, and I think they were just trying to follow the fans, but then all of a sudden the fans realized we don't really like this. <laughs> this is no, it's that fucking playtest trailer that everybody wanted to see like, Oh no, that's the game we want. And Resident Evil is the closest you're going to get to it. Mm -hmm. Now I got to ask a question in the first Resident Evil, you talk about that, the, the original zombie ripping off Kevin's or uh, Kenneth's head. Did you, did you play through the spot where the dogs, you first meet the dogs? Oh yeah. And they're in the damn hallway and they chase you down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got that far. I never got the shotgun in the game. I got all the way through the main ish area and I could never figure out how to get the shotgun. And I was lost without the shotgun because I could not get through the guarding gate or something without it. And 
Dude, it's been so long. I remember sitting on my fucking... I had a waterbed, man. I would be sitting on my waterbed playing the original Resident Evil like just... Okay, but it has to be in daylight because I'm not playing this game at night because it's scary as fuck. Even though it's like cheesy as fuck, it was still scary. I don't give a shit. And that's what I like about the original Resident Evil movie. I don't like any of the follow-ups. I think the original captured everything from the game. And you know, it didn't follow the game entirely. Fine, whatever the fuck. I don't care. I really had a good job with the really, really great job with the movie overall. It felt like playing the original game. It was suspenseful. The music, the score was right. The scenes were right. It was claustrophobic. Yes, it was very claustrophobic. Yeah, because that was that was the one thing I really enjoyed about the first game was that it gave you that that tight claustrophobic feel. Even when you're in, like, like you'd get a reprieve when you got into that main hallway and it's big, it's huge, and you're like, oh, okay, I can sit here for a second. It's okay. I can sit here calmly. Nothing's going to get me. But then you go into the hallways and it tightens it right down again. And that was one of the things that, again, I think the, the like, four, five, and six, they started breaking out of that claustrophobia and, and like, kind of opened it up. And that's the part that I just, that's where they, I think they lost me. It was like Silent Hill. Silent Hill just kept that claustrophobic feel and kept that angst going. But yeah, I agree with so you 100%. I will say, yeah, and I will say playing Resident Evil 8, it reminds me a lot of Resident Evil 4 where, yes, I, I understand what you're saying where they, they took away a lot of the claustrophobic. It's still very much on a track. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it still has the... It's the illusion that it's open, but when enemies are attacking you, you're definitely funneling them through a certain way. Um, so, 8 is supposedly more open world, but honestly, because shit can fly and blah, 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 yeah, they can come from the skies, but you can filter them through a fatal funnel, and it still does feel claustrophobic. And especially, they captured the original Resident Evil and I'm not trying to ruin anything because I know you haven't played it. Uh, everybody knows you go into a mansion, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, that mansion is claustrophobic as shit. And that had my heart racing. I play games sitting back like this. I was playing Resident Evil right up with my fucking nose in the screen. Like, okay, I got to get past this shit. I don't know where it's going to be. I was having a good time. And I haven't had a game like that in, in quite a while. So... If you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Um, I bought the deluxe edition so that I can have the little fucking doohickeys on my weapons because, you know, I'm an asshole. So, (laughs) it's what it is. But yeah, I've been playing Resident Evil Village because Selkie was playing it. And yeah, dude, it's, it's a good fucking game. Yeah, Capcom deserves money on that one. I agree. Did you get a cat rubbing up against you in a tense scene yet? There's a cat that rubs against me? No, no, like you're sitting there playing and all of a sudden an actual cat comes up and like rubs on your leg, makes you shit your pants. Oh, fuck me, dude. I was I was in a chase scene, which the game has plenty from the beginning, right? You're being chased a lot in this game. I was in a chase scene and I am nose up to the monitor just like sweating. I got the volume up and everything sounds great. And then I hear the door slam behind me. 
and I could have sworn that it was a door in the mansion, but I felt the gust of wind behind me. I, I smacked the whole fucking keyboard just fumbling for the escape key, and oh, I, I, I didn't yell at Selkie, but I was like, oh my god, you scared the fuck out of me, like... Yeah, so I the cats have not rubbed on me while I'm playing the game yet. I'm not playing that game when it's dark. I, I know a little bit better than that. I'm not a big horror game fan to begin with. I'll be like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, and I'll think about it all night. But yeah, no, I have had some good scares where I'm just like, yeah... And the worst part is when I'm playing and she's playing in the living room, I'll be like, I'll get to a situation that's really tense and she'll be like, God fucking damn it. And I'll be like, oh shit, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and she's like, yeah, this fucking thing, this, this thing eats me all the time. And I'm like, fuck man, I'm trying to play too. Hold on, I gotta turn up my volume. It's <laughs> a bad idea. Well, if you, if you enjoy, if these two uh, gave you any enjoyment, you should check out the Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, Capcom did a fantastic job on recreating that, but with modern controls, much, much, much more modern graphics. Uh, and, and really they, they did a good job on that game. Uh, it's not first person. It is third person, but they do a good job with it. Well, I think it was a, it's not an exact true remake, but they did a very good job. Even I dabbled in it a little bit. Only because of how well they did with it and how well the fanfare was like, no, this is so damn true to the original. So I own it and I've only played like 10 minutes of it. <laughs> oh, well, you should you should definitely go back and give it another shot because it gives you that that's that claustrophobic feel um, with that chase where something's chasing you around as well. Uh, it's. And they changed. They changed enough of it to make it feel fresh, but they kept enough of it to make it feel true. That's. I mean, it's an old enough game now that I think if you haven't played it and you're listening to this podcast, then you either a don't like Resident Evil games or b have been living under a rock for the past like three decades. But yeah, I check, mean, check it out. Let's be fair. This is early '90s that Resident Evil started coming out. So true. Very true. Well, all right. We actually have some topics tonight, if you can believe it, other than Resident Evil. <laughs> um, and there's pretty much, this is pretty much just a tech time with Daymok. That's all this is. I don't know about that one. So the first thing that came up was uh, not too long ago, they released information. Uh, and I think it was June 6th was its release date. I might be wrong, but I think that was when it was supposed to be coming out. But they released the GeForce RTX 3080 Ti, their flag, their new flagship uh, card, which if you're listening to this and you've got one, you are awesome. Congratulations to you. Hopefully you did not pay the $2,000 markup that scalpers have been putting out there. Hopefully you got it for MSRP. Chances are you didn't. But if you did, bravo, sir or ma'am. Good on you. Wait, what's what's that MSRP? $1,300? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the worst part. Is that the... Uh, is it $1,300 or is, uh, what's... Or is it 1200 or 1300 It's one of those. It's 1200 MSRP for the TI was 1200 And the... I went out and, of course, I searched for one. And the lowest I could find it priced at 
was 30 $3099. $3,099. And I looked at it and I went, I can build a pretty bitchin' whole computer for $3,100. Not right now, you can't. Well, I could. In fact, the machine I'm working on now, I don't think cost me that much. I think the machine I'm working on now cost me like $2,100. And that was with a, yeah, that was with a 1080 have the time to wait. Yeah, but that's if you have the time to wait right now because A, getting a processor is, well, okay. I will say that you can buy Intel. Intel has plenty of stock because Intel processors are absolute shit now. And AMD is selling out. They have all the the stock watches. And they're like, technically, you get nine more frames with the Intel processor. But they're like, you can do more with the AMD processor. And so now you can't get an AMD processor, which is the one that you want. RAM prices are through the fucking roof. Oh, God. And... Yeah, just absolutely fucking ridiculous at this point in time. Oh, and good luck finding a motherboard because every fucking goddamn person decided, hey, we're going to cut down on these people buying our graphics cards with bots if we bundle our motherboards with the graphics cards and the RAM. So now you're overpaying for the bundle to begin with, but now you're also competing with the bot, so you can't get a good motherboard, you can't get a good CPU, RAM prices, you can buy RAM for three times the amount it's worth, um, and you can't get a graphics card. Yeah, which is so frustrating, because when you just want to put a machine together and you're like, all right, I want to put something together, I just want to, I, I want to get, I want to hit 60 frames, I just want to hit 60 frames in the current games, and that shouldn't be that hard to do, but holy hell. But uh, the 3080 Ti, it's coming out with 12 gigabytes of onboard RAM, uh, a stupid clock speed. Uh, like, I'm trying to find where, of course, I, I should have written this down versus trying to scroll through the website now to look for it, but it had a stupid amount of CUDA cores. Like, this thing's a beast. Like, it just hands down, the 3080 Ti, it's a friggin' beast. The 3080 is a beast to begin with. To slap on the TI is absolutely going to make it significant. We knew the TI was coming. Um, it, it's really hard to say, though, but at this point in time, shame on you, NVIDIA. Shame on you. You can't get enough 3060s, 3070s, and 3080s into the hands of gamers because you cannot produce them and so and keep up with the fucking demand with your supply and you're going to halt your your manufacturing of those three cards to switch to your nine factories to produce the 3080 ti because you put it at a fucking twelve hundred dollar price tag and you know people are going to buy it for significant amounts more shame on you nvidia fuck you i won't buy your card I know it is a shame, and I've actually been looking at the AMD cards, but they're still they're even hard to find there. Like, like right, you can't find AMD cards either. But AMD has already said they're not going to launch a new revision of their card. We already know that they keep everybody keeps telling there's a shortage, a shortage, a shortage. Right? They can't keep up with supply because the demand is through the fucking roof right now. Which okay, COVID has done a lot of that, but now we're we're coming towards in the at least in the United States we're coming towards the tail end of COVID, um, and hopefully the rest of the world is you know curtailing it with us, but. 
to launch a new graphics card when everybody else like okay so look at sony sony's about to launch a new playstation 5 and they're calling it the playstation 5 plus already it may have some upgraded hardware but they're trying to slim it down so that they can reduce manufacturing time and just get it out there in mass and that's what sony's been advertising they're not trying to make it better than the original playstation 5 they're trying to shrink it down so they can actually make more of them and get it out there for NVIDIA to be like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, our cards are okay, but we're going to launch the biggest, greatest card, but yeah, no one's going to be able to buy it for MSRP. No. Now, see, here's, no here's my question now, and this is just as you were talking, it made me think. This, the, the, the demand, I mean, not to say that there isn't a demand out there. I, I, I fully agree with that but do you think that the demand is a bit artificially inflated because of all the bots that are buying up these cards so that people can't get their hands on the cards so it's giving a greater demand than what is actually there if the cards got into the hands of the customers in the first place absolutely there is zero doubt in my mind that the demand is absolutely artificial um i understand that the supply is lower because of COVID, right? And, and everything like that. And I understand that, but the demand on it has... The discussion about computers and PCs becoming more mainstream due to COVID, a lot like the PC industry experienced a giant boom with a big shortage of supplies you know, less workers are pumping out less shit. More people are buying PCs from home. And that was the, the crazy articles that were coming up going, wow, the PC industry, people are buying and buying and buying. And there are more home PCs now than there ever have been. You have the broadband initiatives. Um, Trump tried to do a broadband initiative. Biden's doing a big broadband. He wants it to every home because everybody now has computers because of the pandemic type deal. Uh, Elon Musk is launching the Starlink for half price, but that may have only been a one week deal type special. Uh, they're all trying to get in there and get it done because more people have computers in the household. As far as high-end gaming computers, like a $1,200 graphics card or even even an $800 graphics card is absolutely artificially inflated because that's not the market. It's never been the market. The $400, $400 to $600 graphics cards, that $600 being the high-end for people, has always been the market. Mm. Yeah, and when the whole Bitcoin, bit mining or uh, cryptocurrency mining thing inflated them, even you know started that whole big inflation, and then the pandemic rolls around, those bots are, are just gobbling them up. It's just, it's, it's painfully sad that there are so many people out there. Like, like this boom for PCs could be literally a, revol a revolution for uh pc gaming in general and not enough people can really get their hands on stuff um now the one thing i will say is there are things like uh like shadow play and um geforce now that can kind of supplement that but there's i mean that interest would have really had to have started years ago for it to really be a, a proper supplement for what's going on now I just don't think that enough people either A, know about it, the technology is mature enough, or you know maybe a combination of the above or some other things I don't even, I'm not even thinking of. 
But, you know, there's just, there, there was a great opportunity for, and it still may come, it just might be delayed. And that's probably what it is. It's probably just delayed anything else. But there could have been a huge, um, you know, kind of uprising with PC gaming in general. I'm actually, so actually speaking of that, because I was just thinking of consoles while I was making that whole spiel, consoles really have come a long way, you know, with the latest release of the generations. And one thing I'm actually super excited about is something I've been reading across the board of crossplay. And a lot of companies are, are developing and pushing for crossplay. And companies like Sony, who have always been real poo poo on it, are starting to like pull back and say, you know what? This is what the customers are asking for. And I think we got to finally do this because we're losing people. And, and they are like, there are, there are genuinely people who have shifted over to Xbox from PlayStation. That's because they shift, they shifted over because they're fr- They have friends that have PCs and they can't play with them. Um, which is, it was a very, very smart move on Microsoft's part to make the Xbox completely compatible with Windows 10 so that you can game together no matter what the game is it doesn't dis- it doesn't differ- uh, fuck, differentiate fuck I can't talk to I've been differentiate right it doesn't differentiate between oh I'm playing on Xbox X S whatever the fuck or Windows 10 it just says oh it's this game and it's connected to the Microsoft store done and done let's play yeah they're playing anywhere and I, I don't think there's yeah, yeah. It was a, it really was a smart move, and and when they did it, they did the ultimate game pass. It was like that was all kind of around the same time, and really, it just they. they I got to give. I've always been a Sony fanboy. Everybody who knows me to know it. I've been back in PlayStation. I've owned Xboxes, but I've always gone with PlayStation first. This console era, I actually think the first one I'm going to be focusing on, and not just because of the supply demand thing, you know, that's just been crazy, but I think I might actually focus on getting an Xbox this time around only because you really have more opportunity to play with more people. Um, and Sony has been opening up a little bit more, which has been nice. See, I think Microsoft did a wonderful, wonderful thing, but for me, they shot themselves in the foot in a certain way. I now have a PlayStation 5, and I want—I did not want a PlayStation 5. I wanted to get the new Xbox. I was very gung-ho about the new Xbox, but then reading more and more and more about it, well, I already have a... I don't have a high-end PC, but I have a decent gaming rig and all of that. Well, all the Xbox games are on PC. So now I have Xbox's library on my PC. The kids aren't super interested in the shit that's on Xbox. They're, you know, they're going to play the games with their friends anyways. And they were more interested in the PlayStation games because they had a lot more of that fucking backwards compatibility. All those PlayStation 4 games that they were really interested in that look amazing on PlayStation 5. When I bought it, I now, you know, I have, obviously, there are so many Windows fucking 10 computers in my house, laptops to desktops to all of that, that Microsoft gets its money off of me. But when it came to the console market, after taking a deep dive and a deep look into it, the PlayStation was the only way to go. No, I do. I do still like the PlayStation. Um, but the, one of the big reasons why I think I'm probably still going to go with an Xbox is I loved 
and they've only enhanced this feature since, but I loved when I got Sea of Thieves. I loved when I was able to go from, I'm playing Sea of Thieves at my house, at my Windows machine. I jump over, I, I go and visit a friend over at their house. I log into their Xbox with my account and I'm playing Sea of Thieves exactly where I left off on their box at their house. And that's what Sony needs to get on the yes. fucking bandwagon with, man. Yes. I was so I I've been playing Warzone. I've bought so much on the PC and all that. Let me log into my goddamn Warzone account on PlayStation so I get all my shit and I have all my guns unlocked and I can do my setup. Need for Speed. Let me play because I played a shit ton of Need for Speed Heat on PC. Let me log into it over on the PlayStation console. Sony, man, yeah, I really, really wish that they did that. But you're right. That would be the one reason that I would go for an Xbox console overall. But in my household, PlayStation console for the TV, yeah. everybody has Windows 10 games here yeah. because there's enough computers for everybody. No, no, that's and that's honestly, for your setup, that is the best way to go. I, I, can, I cannot disagree. And honestly, if there's anybody else who played games in my house, I would almost hands down go with a PlayStation. Um, but I'm really the only gamer in my house. Um, you know, even bot, she plays on her switch a little bit. She's got a windows PC that she plays a little bit with. Um, have you actually quick question? Speaking of PlayStation five, have you done the remote play to your computer yet from your PlayStation? No, I haven't even heard of that. I have no idea how to do that. So you can actually download the remote play app from your, you know, onto your computer. Uh, and you can actually fire up your PlayStation that's in your living room and play the PlayStation games from your desktop with a controller. Okay. I spent two grand on a 65-inch OLED TV, right? I'm not playing PlayStation games. Yeah, I have a $700 monitor in front of me that was great five fucking years ago. I'm just, it still works for me, but, you I'm, know. I'm just asking if you've tried it. I'm not saying that it's the superior way to play. Just asking if you tried it. No, actually, um, I did not know that Sony had that. I know that way back they had that PlayStation app for Windows 10, and I had been messing with it and you could play games and it was interesting um overall but no i did not know that i could directly play the games from my playstation 5 hooked up directly on my computer but honestly i want to do it anyways is i'm not the main user of the playstation 5 well, i i bought a nice tv to watch some tv and movies on but um I'm going to be honest, hopefully Selkie doesn't actually listen to this episode because she's upstairs right now. I don't get to use that TV at all. The girls have completely taken it over. Well, you know, I say this because not only can you remote play from your computer, the PlayStation 5, but they could also remote play to a computer so that that frees up the TV for you to, I don't know, watch stuff on. Just, you know, hey, just I'm throwing that out there. I'm just gonna just gonna lob that over the fence. Just you know, let you deal with that. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's not gonna be the same because they they've hooked up. Wow, the you know, and I know that the the Xbox console probably has the exact same features overall. But plugging headphones into the controller so that they can do that, and then they don't have to use the TV sound to do anything. Yep. Or now the PlayStation Five is Bluetooth, so you can use the Bluetooth headphones, so you don't have to plug them in the controller. 
<laughs> uh, flightless artist had a very interesting experience, and now we all know where the mute button is on the PS5 controllers, and we know when it's muted and when it's not now. So all the controllers in the household are now muted, but she was playing a Call of Duty game, like Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or something, and I had no idea there was a built-in microphone to the controller. She had no idea there was a built-in microphone to the controller. And that little funny button, you know, mutes it and unmutes it. And she's just going through talking all of this shit. <laughs> like, some 12-year-old fucking boy, like, yeah! She's talking shit, like, this is fucking stupid. She's talking to people in the house. And, like, she's like, man, why do these people keep referencing shit? Yeah, <laughs> because it's a microphone that is built into the controllers. I don't know if PlayStation 4 had that, because I, I didn't I have think Well, so. we have them, but yeah. It had a speaker it, in it. I know it had up. a speaker. I didn't know it had a, I don't think it had a mic. That's awesome, though. Dude, yeah, you don't have to get fucking extra hardware for the microphone. It's built in the damn controllers. So she's talking shit, playing this game, and people are talking shit back to her, and she's so confused. I can see that in my mind's eye. Well, if for some reason you do actually try that out, I'm just curious if they, uh, if the input lag has uh, increased, decreased, uh, if it's noticeable to you. Just, just one of those curiosity things of, geez, if you have used it, I'm curious on how it, how it, uh, how it works now with such a, a massively powerful machine compared to the PlayStation Four. Okay, um, I will have to look into it, and then we can run a couple tests. I can try it over. 5 gigahertz, I'll try it over the 2.4, but uh, honestly, because it's PlayStation and their fucking store sucks, I have to use everything to download stuff. It's it's hardwired into my, you know, I use Cat6 cable yeah, directly yeah. into my fucking fiber line to yeah, use Cat, it, so. yeah, use Hardline. I'm, I'm curious, you know, give, give it the best best effort you possibly, you know, best syst- or setup that you possibly can. I'm just curious on how it plays and how it reacts um, because you actually have the remote play feature where you can actually take your laptop or well it used to be a vita that you would use but um you could take your laptop away and actually remote in from outside of your network as well as long as you port forward it over yeah no i'm not doing that <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's a fucking safe idea <laughs> in any way shape or form <laughs> oh boy well next uh next article passed nvidia which i only think we're gonna hit into two tonight um which kind of goes in the same vein of what we're talking about uh really more remote play stuff just um this thing that zyber posted uh a while ago actually about little raspberry pi mini mini gaming pcs How do you feel about that? You're a Raspberry Pi owner. I'm a Raspberry Pi owner. So I've actually used, I've I've got several Raspberry Pis. In fact, I've got, you know, one that I've got geared up as a, uh, with a touchscreen on it that I'm actually retrofitting as a um, thermostat. I was going to actually use this to be my Steam Link, and I was just going to have it have a couple of buttons on it. So that it would just have like some basic controls on it and I would just tap it to turn on Steam Link onto the monitor that was connected to it. Uh, but I found that there was a limitation on driving two monitors off of this at the same time when one of them is a touchscreen. Really weird thing. Um, maybe they'll figure out drivers around it. But the issue was is that I can only have one screen going simultaneously with the touchscreen drivers. 
uh, I couldn't have both screens going. So I'm going to turn this into a smart thermostat and have its Wi-Fi, because it's got Wi-Fi in it, have it Wi-Fi connected, um, drill it and countersink it into the wall and have a plug go directly to it. So literally it'll just be sitting there and connected as my, uh, as my thermostat and it'll just be kind of funky and cool that way. Uh, I've got another one here. I actually went, I, I followed your, uh, your lead and have a pie hole over here. And I've actually used raspberry Pis before at my workplace to make little terminals, little, uh, um, dumb terminals, really, just to be able to connect to another machine, fire up a remote connection, and do a bunch of stuff. I actually had one set up in a server room as a um, basically as a console. It was uh, it was an IP console basically, and it would connect in and run. I could basically just with a couple of clicks, boom, I'm into whatever server I'm running. Uh, and I was using Raritan dongles. Uh, it was actually a pretty pretty sweet friggin' setup that I did. Uh, but I've used them for all sorts of things. So as a gaming PC. I'm, I was, I'm, su- I was surprised it hadn't come earlier. And, uh, I think we had actually talked about this at one point in time of literally being able to turn anything into a gaming PC with streaming gaming now, like with things like Stadia or NVIDIA GeForce now. Now, I don't think it was possible before the Raspberry Pi 3B plus. Right, because now we're on Raspberry Pi 4, mm-hmm. but Raspberry Pi 1 and 2 and the original 3, I don't think could do the rendering um, yeah, the, of the, video fast enough. The, the CPU architecture just didn't allow for it. But now you're looking at, and especially the Raspberry Pi 4, it can decode 4K content and can be your own fucking Plex server if you slap a hard drive into it and you can stream it to your 4K TV with zero hiccups. Um, I have the Raspberry Pi. I set it up to do my pie hole, then I wiped it, and then the kids want me to make a smart mirror out of it, but I'm not going to do that because, wow, it's awesome. I really, really want one. But at the same time, I got to do way too much work to get that going. Um, so unfortunately, it's just kind of sitting there. I need to replace the. I'm lazy, you know. Truth be told, I'm just fucking lazy. I need to replace the laptop that's my current pie hole with an actual fucking Raspberry Pi to make the pie hole. Um, but yeah, I've just been too lazy to do it because it's it's working, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's effort to change things. But no, um. Gaming on it, I know that when I was looking it up a year ago when Raspberry Pi 4 just came out, everybody was talking about, hey, this can be a legitimate substitute to a desktop PC as far as, you know, using these apps, but you have to use, like... Office 365 or Google Docs or something like that. You can't run them directly off the Pi. You're going to run a big cloud environment overall, but it is absolutely capable of doing it. And yeah, turning it into a gaming PC, I only see that happening with GeForce Now, Stadia, that kind of stuff. Super low in games. Like it, it would have to be super low end games if not utilizing GeForce Now or Stadia or something like that. Oh yeah, like okay, so if you're talking about um, maybe how Zyber would take it, 
Zyber would want to run ROMs across the board. Mm-hmm. Right, and he wants to run the older games. Then yes, even the first or second or third Raspberry Pi will be able to do that just fine. It's a retro Pi, yeah, exactly. Whatever, and, and yeah, and that's fantastic. You can absolutely do that, and that would be fucking amazing. Period. But yeah, now, as far as modern gaming, it's got to be through a third party. Yeah, it's it, absolutely. And just as a quick disclaimer, no, we do not support here at GNA downloading illegal ROMs and using them for your own facilities. However, if you are legally able to use that ROM, making a retro pie and using it to play your legal ROMs are absolutely fantastic because it really does a great job emulating. Uh, I've played on several retro pies that people have had, um, including Zyber, and they're they just they they the emulation that they do it just it nails it on there it just it uh it gives you so many great things and so many extra features that you would think they built into game would build into games now uh like save states and stuff like that but uh they just i guess they just don't um i actually have seen it now that i say that i think i have seen it on some of the nintendo store games that you can download from them yeah, the Switch has come a long way, and they've really embraced their own ROM-type deal. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and, no, never condoning downloading illegal ROMs. That's why I mentioned Zyber specifically, because he owns every oh, fucking game known to man. I've seen his damn closet of games, and his third closet, and his ninth closet full of fucking games. Yeah. yeah he, he's on the up and up. Between him and Microbrew, I mean, they probably have every game that was released before 1999. Yeah, it's pretty wild. No, but I mean, <clears throat> with your, but I, I agree. I think it, the list is going with like a third party thing. But this guy, from what I'm looking at, he's running games like... Uh, he had Grand Theft Auto, it looked like Vice City going on it, which I'm pretty sure is on PC now. I don't think... Oh, he, I Vice don't, City's been on PC. Yeah, I don't think he was emulating it. But uh, it was just, it was a really cool little setup, and it's a it's a cheap way to get a hold of a, you know, to, to get a gaming system going. And the whole rig itself that he's got there is about the size of a Coke can. Like, it's it's super... Super tiny. Um, now, I did see, and I, so I saw the article real quick, but I didn't see the video. He has a Linus Tech Tips sticker slapped on. That's an LTT sticker right. slapped does. on there. So I'm wondering if that's an actual Linus build and somebody else was just, you know, oh, blah, 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 and I got this working on it, or if it's, you know, somebody that just, oh, yeah, I got this working, and I like Linus, by the way, here's a sticker. Uh, you know, it could be column A, a little bit of column B. Um, but, you know, no. No, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty bitching to see people, I mean, I've, I've seen some really weird builds of people, like, making suitcases into xboxes and things like that which i've always found were really cool really fun you know the bur- the bourbon barrel pc i think is probably my favorite that one's good um and i saved a 50 cal ammo can still upstairs 
right, from back when I was in the army, and I saw a build that somebody did, and they built a whole Plex server out of it, and it was just this portable Plex server, and it was made of a 50 caliber ammo can. You have to cut and drill this right, you have to buy a very specific motherboard, very specific graphics card, everything, you had to buy, and it looked amazing, and that's all that I wanted to do. Uh, for the longest time, but yeah, I've been sucked into stupid PC builds before. Like, oh man, you can make it an aquarium with mineral oil, Oof. then it cools everything. That is so awesome! I always wanted to do it, and as I started buying pieces to do it, I went, yeah, this is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you've got your Suve water circulator thing there, pumping freezing cold water around because it's got to keep that mineral oil moving, otherwise, it's not going to distribute the heat right. Oh, dude, you see the radiators that are required to properly cool mineral oil? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is effective. It does work. But so does phase exchange. And you don't see me running out doing that anytime soon either. But. No, but I'm. I'm I mean, air is air. Yeah. I mean, it works. I've always been a liquid cool person, but that's just because I, I think it looks cool. It not, not that I think it Agreed. cools any better. I think it just looks cool. And so that's the big thing. Now they're showing that air cooling is better than liquid cooling over temperature. But if you actually paid the the time and the detail to snip the tubes, I like those really like straight tubes. Yeah, like that, everybody yeah, does. Yeah, 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 you're like, yeah. oh, oh, those look so fucking badass. Like I don't care that it's four degrees hotter than if it was on air. It looks amazing. That's one that I'm like, yeah, it's in the middle of the living room, so everybody can look at it. Yeah, yeah. I've done some, uh, I've done some closed loops. Um, I actually did one closed loop with half inch pipe, like half inch pipe all the way across for everything. Even the, even the water block on the CPU was half inch pipe going into it. That thing, I, I don't even remember the pumps I had on this thing, but I actually had to add a second pump because the one pump just couldn't like it physically could not move that much fluid fast enough. So I added a second pump in line to finally get the fluid moving. Cause you know, you, you get the little, the little fluid flow indicator thing that you put in line and it just spins and lets you know that there's fluid actually moving. Well, I'm sitting there staring at that thing and it's just like barely turning. I have finally, I put the second and you know, my, my temperatures weren't any better than I had with air cooling at all. But then when I threw that second pump on there finally and the second radiator, all of a sudden, like, I, I couldn't get the thing to like get hot, like no matter what the hell I did, but it was pushing so much fluid, like an ungodly amount of fluid. I had, I literally had a reservoir bigger than this frigging cup for all the fluid because it would start going and the fluid level would go boop and then boop, start working its way back up. And then as soon as I like would kick it in and you'd hear the radiator fan like really kick on, which would kick on the pump even more. Bloop, bloop. And it was just, it was a funny thing to watch. Plus it was all, it was, it was total asshole. All 100% because I had it illuminated with black lights and it was, uh, it was black light reactive fluid and clear tubing. God, I, I felt like such a putz, but man, it looked cool. Oh, man. See, I've always loved the look of water cooling. It's fucking amazing. 
It's just not as efficient as it it could be, unfortunately. Nope. But yeah, it looked amazing. And if I could actually sit down and do it, and if I had the time and the money and the effort to really pipe out everything and be like, okay, this is my build, and it's not changing. I can never add to this build nope. because it fucks everything up. But nope. and, yeah. and you're also never lifting that case again because once you put the fluid in there, that thing goes to like 150 pounds, and you get a herniated disc trying to just move your friggin' just moving the computer four inches so you can vacuum behind it. Next thing you know, you're sitting there in the doctor's office, and he's telling you you got to slip this because well, you shouldn't have been bent over moving a 150 pound piece of machinery. Yeah, <laughs> that's what those drain valves are for. <laughs> oh god yeah that's the best part when i first created when i made my first build i didn't set it up with a drain valve or an input port it was all one big closed dude priming that thing and getting all of the air out of it i literally like i was cursing people's names people i didn't even know like i'm sitting there like jeremy you there at best buy you jeremy screw you dude because you're my problem right now i didn't buy anything from best buy and there's probably no jeremy there but I was cursing his name. Oh, the uh, the reservoir I had had an input. I was like, okay, but I did not put a drainage valve on it. Oof. <laughs> uh, I'm like, huh, it's not pumping as much. I'll just, I'll just keep filling the reservoir. It'll be fine. I'll just keep filling it. I'll just keep filling it. Oh, shit. It's spilling everywhere because it's purposely busting the tubes i put way too much in there oh yeah he goes oh i forgot that it has to cycle back through i i yeah yeah thankfully it didn't ruin anything so i had my pumps at the bottom and i had my hard drives at top so i literally i even had a hard like i had um these inflatable bags that press against the bottom of the hard drive and cool the hard drive as well like that's how that's how friggin like I, i was so bad but I literally had one of those lines disconnected that was going down so that I would have it pump from the reservoir. I would feed liquid down into that. So I had that laying into a thing, sucking fluid. And I had the other one pumping over there. And I literally sat there and I would turn the pumps on to get the pump, the pumps to prime. That's how I would get all the air out of the system. And then the best part, the creme de la creme. To get it all connected back up, I left the, I filled the reservoir to the brim, turned it all on while having the thing leaning towards me. So fluid is pumping, just puking out of this line as I'm connecting it up as quick as I can and snapping it all together. <laughs> oh God, the most janky, stupidest way of doing it. And I get it all said and done. I get it all connected. I get everything prim and proper. It's looking fantastic. All the air is out of the lines. I am feeling like a champ. My friend looks at me and says, God, that was a pain in the ass for you, wasn't it? I said, yeah. He goes, why didn't you just put a drainage line down at the bottom so you could just bleed the air out that way? Or do one at top, and that way you could fill it in and then drain it from the bottom. And I looked at him with seething hatred. With just like, because I literally spent the past hour and a half getting fluid into the system. And failing miserably for an hour and a half until I finally just got lucky. And I just looked at him. If I had laser beams installed in my eyes, I would be in jail for murder to this day. Yeah, that's why I could never be Superman. That's why I can't be Kano. Fucking laser beams, right? It's better than a fireball. 
Fuck it. Whoops. Yeah, liquid cooling looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really does. It's just not efficient. No, no. It just looks cool. I mean, it does the job. It just it just looks cool. That's it. Uh, it, it looks badass, but here, my computer is tucked up under my desk, and I bought all those RGB fucking RAM sticks because, yeah, I actually puke the RGB stuff. I don't like it at all whatsoever. But I bought it because I was like, yeah, fuck it. I want to be a dickhead because my case came with a clear side panel because you can't buy a fucking case without a cleared side panel nope. anymore. But, yeah. So I bought all that, but it sits under my desk. I don't care as long as the airflow is fine and my temperatures are stable. Nah, exactly. fuck it, dude. But... One day I will get back to doing something stupid and I will build something just for the fuck of it. Mm -hmm. It'll be my old man computer, right? It'd be like two, it'll be a, uh, one of those LN2 motherboards or, or LR2 motherboards that have two Ryzen processors on yep. it. It's got 256 gigs of RAM. It'll be nothing but a fucking workstation. It won't even play a game. You're like, I get nine frames a second playing Minecraft. What the fuck? Yeah, I was going to say, I'll have, I'll, eventually. Have, I'll have two of the most fancy thread rippers, like just packed in there with some weird custom closed loop with like dual reservoir dual radiators that when you turn the friggin' machine on the lights are gonna dim because it's got an 18,000 watt power supply in it why I don't know why but it's got it but you know what I'm gonna do I'm also gonna mount it to the wall so everybody can see yep. the intricate fucking piping that is done and be like wow what is that be like yeah I can definitely get to my Facebook and I can post my old memes on here yep. that's gonna be it yeah Yep, and it can run Minesweeper. No. <laughs> no. It will run 4,000 instances of Minesweeper in one window, and I've got 48 windows open. Yep, exactly. It's the only thing it can do. It can't run It can't run three tabs of Google Chrome simultaneously, but those Minesweepers, it'll have every goddamn one open. God. Man, I read a really good fucking study about Minesweeper and uh, Solitaire and why they were included in Windows to begin with. I, I'm interested. So we'll, we'll, we will have to touch on that at a different podcast. Mm, yeah, because I can see that. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it's short and sweet, but it's interesting. It is. It is an interesting story. Well, actually, you know what? On that note, where can people find you at, man? Uh, I exclusively troll the GNA Discord. Unfortunately, I've been in Thoughts and Shots Discord as well, and I don't think that went over really well. I'm ashamed to fucking listen to that episode's coming up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can always find me in the Thoughts and or shit in the GNA Discord. Maybe in the Thoughts and Shots Discord. I actually got to get over there and uh, and get one of those pillows because uh, I you see this bed all disheveled behind me. Uh, a little. Thoughts and shots pillow back there, right next to a GNA pillow. I think it would look really, really nice. There you go, man. I got a nice uh, thoughts and shots t shirt. Nice. Well, I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil versus Games uh, on Twitter, Cecil Xavier, everywhere else. You stream, Twitch, um, Facebook, uh, Grinder, wherever the hell else you're looking for me. I'm on Discords. I'm in Thoughts and Shots Discords, TPCs, Battle Sloths. Um, 
I'm in Lynchers. I am in Microbrews. I'm in Ultra Super Mega. I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm even over in Vintage's Hangout, which he hasn't been on the show in a while. I got to beat that man into submission and get him on the show again. I uh, did do the one-off with him, which was fun. The, the D&D one-off. Uh, but yeah, so we uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, subscribe reviews and subscriptions help uh, other people find the show, you know, because more subscriptions, more people look, it bumps the top of the list, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but anyways, if you want other people to listen to us, go ahead and uh, give us a give us a, uh, a review. Um, you know, we haven't really been doing all that much outside of the podcast just because of the pandemic and everything's just been kind of just kind of crappy, but I am hoping to get some of the GNA Misadventure League going again because I have, uh, I got to admit, doing the one-off the other weekend really, really brought that itch back of, of wanting to get just a, a fairly regular game going. Not like once a week, just be, I think like a once a month thing just to, just to kick things going. So really getting that itch going. Uh, I do have like, I don't know, 800 hours of audio from the original Misadventure League. I still need to edit in there and get out, so... Oh man, fuck editing! Just like slap it together and just release eight fucking hours of audio, or eight hundred hours, or whatever the fuck it is, as a one big session thing. Oof, I might just have to. Um, yeah, uh, drop us a line if you've heard something on the show, you want to talk to us about it, or you just want to be on the show. Drop us a line over at GNA Podcast at GNA and your DNA dot one with your questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. Um. You can join the Discord. Just hit that pin tweet. We are still currently partnered with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a game game service where you can purchase games just like everywhere else, but with a little bit of a twist. It's everything that you purchase has a donation to charity. Currently, they still have the sliders where you can choose what goes where, but I think they're trying to get away from that and give just a fixed amount to charity and a fixed amount to um, the developers and all that other fun stuff. We'll see when it comes along. We, as of right now, we're still partnered with them. Um, just remember, if you do get something from there, put the question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of whatever link you have, and that will let them know that we sent you. If you are buying a bundle, make sure to go into the sliders and slide that GNA podcast all the way down to zero. We don't want your money. We want you to give it to charity, give it to developers, maybe throw a couple bones over to a humble bundle, but we don't want your money. We just want you to go there and donate to charity because that's what we're all about. Um, God, I feel like I've missed something. Did I miss something? You can always visit our wonderful website at www.gnapodcast.com or um, gnapodcast.com I think I just said gnapodcast.com I'm not even sure anymore I'm Daymark and I'm drunk fuck you <laughs> well Daymark thank you for joining me tonight it was wonderful having you on like always Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's a great time. (laughs) Have a good night. Take care, brother.